All right, guys, welcome to Inside the Unsigned. My name is Joe Deke. And I'm O motherfucking G. Hell fucking yeah. And uh, today we have on Diamond Rowe from the band Tetriarch. Uh, Tetrarch, I fucked that up, but it's all you good. You fucked everything up. You <laughs> know good. You, you're not, you redeemed yourself. <laughs> I even asked already in the beginning, and I already still said it wrong. From Tetrarch. <laughs> How are you there doing? There you go. That's it. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What about you guys? Fantastic. Are, yeah, I'm doing good, too. I'm, I'm excited to to talk to you, uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit, just shoot the shit, and have a good time on this podcast. Hell yeah, let's hang out. It was crazy. I was checking out the page, and I saw you're the first, you know, African-American female guitar player, you know, on some major press. How does that feel? Like, tell me about that, because I really want to know. That was pretty rad, dude. Like, it's crazy because... As a kid, you know, when like I started playing music and all that shit, like, you know, people like closest to me would be like, you know, like that's really cool. You don't see that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I, I don't see why that's so cool. Like, I don't see why that's so important or whatever. But like, the older I got, I was like, you know, yeah, I'm not even gonna be mad about being different anymore. This is pretty cool, you know. And so, it's just something that like when we released our record, it just kind of like was something like press was super interested in and so I you know naturally I'm like all right yeah you're right this is pretty cool um yeah, it's fucking it's cool good. yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat I'm not gonna lie it's cool that is fucking awesome though because I mean you know n- not to mention the way times are now and all these new history making things are going down you can say that you're making history and I mean I'm stoked to have you on yeah dude I I guess so I guess I made history just by being born this way you know (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty fucking dope as well hell yeah (laughs) absolutely and you guys i mean you guys have i mean that's not the only press you guys have been getting as of late i I, didn't i see uh was it the same guitar world or uh did you guys get another thing on guitar world i saw i saw your post earlier where you're where you got the magazine or whatever yeah no that's the same one it's just it's super cool because you know, we go, like, I go back and I'll look at stuff sometimes and it's like, it was, it was interesting because like we got, you know, obviously a publicist and, you know, before we put out that last record and when we, you know, started working with her, <laughs> me and Josh, like my guitar player, singer in my band, or they were, he was like, you know, we would be like, oh yeah, you know, if we could just, you know, get like an article and like, you know, metal sucks or something, that'd be really sick. <laughs> you know, right, like right. just it was like the most like we were just like, you know, just a couple like websites or whatever. That that's really all we care about. Right. And it was like we got maybe we didn't even end up getting metal sucks, which is really funny. But <laughs> we got like <laughs> we got things that were like ten times better and we never even thought about like the magazines at all. Like the magazine thing was just something that my buddy Monty Connor had told me like he was just like hey you know the guys at Guitar World are kind of interested in uh talking about you but you know I'm sure it was something that'll happen later or whatever but when my publicist found that out she like got on like a shark and it was just like all these like all this press after that just came really easily you know for that fact that like I you know they thought I was different and all that but it's really cool. Like, it's cool to see, you know, like, the, you know, when you're growing up, you see your favorite players in those magazines and you don't think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in that magazine. You're just like, oh, this is where I found Slipknot, you know, so. Right. I could I could only imagine the feeling just being like, you know, flipping through the magazine, just being like, 
man, I love this band. I love this band. I love it. Oh, shit, that's me. Oh, fuck, yeah, this is dope. <laughs> right, no, nah, super cool. One of, my, uh, buddy, one of my buddies from Georgia, his name's Mark, he's like, he used to interview bands all the time. He's like a huge metal fan. And he like called, he texted me and Josh one day. He's like, dude, I just picked up your, the guitar world with you guys in it. And I literally started crying. And <laughs> they're like, oh, I was yeah. like, what are you? It's just crazy. It's so funny, you know. It's really cool, though. That's dope. And uh, I also saw you're, you're even on Octane, too, right? Didn't you have, like, Octane or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Octane. So it was like we had uh, the song Freak, like the title track on our record. And we didn't even think about taking that to radio at all, you know, like, especially being independent and stuff. We were just kind of like, uh, you know, it's a. it seems like – kind of a mainstream like hard rock metal song you know but we never thought about taking it to radio until somebody said to us like during the album cycle like have you guys thought about going to radio and we're like mm, no yeah um but we started thinking about it we we're like all right let's give it a shot you know it's expensive but we'll give it a shot and it like picked up really well like and when we got an octane everyone was so stoked you know because octane is like Octane is great. I listen to Octane all the time. Yeah, and it's such a competitive platform. Like every band is trying to get on on Octane, Absolutely. and so it's like, you know, yeah, it's crazy. And and like, there's so many labels pushing their their bands to Octane. So it was like we were like, oh, you know, we got on the test drive, and we're like, all right, sick, cool, we're on test drive. But you know, after that, you know, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure, that'll be it. And then like we get a call, and they're just like, yo. We're gonna put this in hyper rotation. We're like, what the fuck is a hyper rotation? You know, we're learning because we, we don't know <laughs> shit about radio. <laughs> like, what is hyper rotation? They're like, oh, you know, that means we'll play it like 40 to 60 times a week. And it was crazy because like every time we got in the car and cut on Octane, within like three songs, they would play it. So that that's what was crazy. It was like, holy fuck, five finger death punch, and then you know, trivium, and then there we are. You know, it's like, fuck, this is insane. That's and it's cool because you don't realize how much of a like how big of a platform is until you start touring right after and like people come to your shows and they're like oh i heard your song on octane and that's like how i found you guys it's like what the f this is so sick you know yeah, yeah that's so, so what you guys do um i know you had a publicist like what what were the steps you took to um get on test drive because i'm real curious i've been trying to think about that for a while do you just pitch it out or is there like a method for like to get our publicist it, it was like so basically we had known her for you know known of her for a long time like she's worked with a lot of bands we like and we were we had narrowed it down to two publicists we were looking at and one of them right now has like every new band you can imagine so we were kind of like Let, let's let's talk to her see what she thinks but she was more so kind of like oh you know you guys are independent so uh you know, maybe we need to build a team first. And, and we're kind of one of those bands that were like, dude, we're independent for a reason. Like, we want to be like, but, you know, if you're not, if, you know, she didn't want to operate that way, we were like, okay, well, we tried Maria, who's our publicist now. And, you know, she has worked with a lot of our, like, veteran favorite bands, you know, like Lamb of God and all that. And yeah. she, was super stoked. she was super stoked about it. And she she picked up on it. And her and that team and Natalie and them over there are amazing and they they even said like they were super proud of the campaign for that record, like for Freak. It was just so successful. Shit, I'm proud, uh, yo. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it was just, it was basically it was basically just like us reaching out, you know, just talking to her, seeing if they're in interested, you know, that's kind of what 
publishes, you know, there's no nothing super difficult just if they they're interested or not, you know. Absolutely. Well, I'm fucking happy for you, man. Like, damn, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on that hyper rotation now. <laughs> <laughs> that, what the fuck is hyper rotation? What is that? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, uh, like, I want to name a song that now and just call it hyper rotation. <laughs> that I can get it on hyper rotation. <laughs> no, nah, apparently there's even a, a, a bigger one. Apparently there's power rotation too. So if 40 to 60 times a week is hyper, then I don't even want to know what power is, but I hope I get there at some point. That's yeah, it's like that. every, every, every two songs. Yeah. <laughs> that, I know. Three days of gray shit. <laughs> I was about to say, that's yeah. pretty much what Shinedown was when we were on there. Oh, like, yeah. every, Shinedown was played every other song at least. We were like, fuck, this is light speed. But, <laughs> But yeah, that's cool. Sounds like some Z <laughs> power-ups over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, do you remember uh, how long ago, well, not do you remember, but how long ago was it that you released released the, at least the single Freak uh, compared to like when that got onto Octane? It was a while. Um, we released Freak like the single last year probably like the middle of last year um and we did but we didn't like plan to go to radio with it you know for like for probably i think we released it in june or july of last year and i think we planned to go to radio with it starting in like march of this year maybe something mm-hmm. like that okay so it was like a it, it was like a long time before we decided to but it's such a different platform that it like doesn't really matter, you know. If you, it's crazy if you look at uh, a lot of bands that have been out for a while, and like you look at their, they have some songs where like they will have released that song like three years before it hits radio, and then when it hits radio, that's when everyone thinks it's new. Oh yeah, but, yeah. yeah it, it's that crazy. Rap too, like uh, they put on rap stations, and then it gets on those pop stations, and then all of a sudden that song blew up even more and it's just like wait hold up this song's been out for like two years now (laughs) oh yeah yeah no of course yeah it's just such a huge like huge platform like it reaches so many more people than just you know like you know the internet or whatever yeah the the reason i bring that up is because i remember uh checking checking you guys out a little bit ago and then uh just before the podcast i checked out your numbers on spotify and that shit has like over two hundred thousand streams i'm like that's fuck that like blew up out of nowhere like, what the fuck oh yeah i think it's like at like 250 now 250,000 and it was like yeah. i it, think it got on a some playlist or two and but octane like you know we could you know you can check your like numbers and stuff um on like on spotify with your spotify artists and stuff and it's like while it's on octane like this it just spikes so much like the streams went up so much it's, it's crazy quarter of a mil quarter of a mil yeah <laughs> working the way up <laughs> yeah yeah slowly but surely absolutely yeah and uh it, it's a it's a cool thing that uh you're talking about the pub, uh, publicist thing because that's one thing that uh orion and i had touched on briefly in one of our previous podcasts uh where that's one thing that an independent band I think really should like seek out like granted like just say they have all the material and you know they've they're like they're looking for that next like next step up uh, as far mm-hmm. as getting getting more opportunities more exposure I think that's one of the first directions you look is 
looking for a publicist because I remember literally like the day after we got a publicist, we were getting like tons of like interview questions. We got like two or three tour op- offers like literally the next day. It's so crazy how impactful a publicist can be and how important that could be when you're trying to elevate your band as an independent artist. 100. Super cool. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's weird, though, because like it's very different for like every band, like what they incorporate first is like very different, you know, and like I know I, I know bands that are like, yo, like we're going to get a publicist because we see how that's really helped you guys. Um, but then they get a publicist and they're pissed because they're like, well, it didn't do shit for us, you know. So it's definitely about the band and what you're trying to accomplish and like where you're at, you know. Um, but it was definitely a blessing in disguise for us because like we weren't even expecting what we got out of it, you know, like just I, I, I can't even put a price on that. Like it, but it definitely depends on the band. Cause like I said, I know bands that even like, you know, my friends and like some, some bands that are doing well, like national bands, they still are like, Oh man, publicists they don't really do shit. I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. Maybe your publicist, but my publicist kicks ass, you know, for us, but it depends. Like they have to also, it has to be the band and the publicist has to have like a story or they have to have something that is going to appeal to, you know, press outlets or or just nothing you know? gotta get these motherfuckers to bite right same same old shit as everything else do you have any plans to you know push a second single on octane or no um so i feel like i should like divulge that information but at the same time i feel like i shouldn't <laughs> so, <laughs> tell us all that good shit let's just we get raw <laughs> let's just say that our relationship with xm radio will absolutely continue. That's all you got to say. You already said this one. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, if you can't read between the lines, listeners, then you guys need glasses. <laughs> but yes, uh, I mean, that's that's really fucking dope. Uh, you you guys have definitely, I mean, you've been around for uh, quite a bit. I, I remember seeing, seeing your name, like, pop up often. I fucking love the fact, like, whenever I, like, see your name or, like, think about your name or whatever, I'm like, Diamond Tetrarch Row, like it's just all one word to me, and that's (laughs) like obviously really good branding and stuff like that. But one thing that's, uh, I mean, Orion's band and Mild band, uh, you know, it's it's a rare thing to see bands stick around that long uh, and like still do stuff. And oftentimes you see bands just drop off, like just after year one, like within year one. What what kind of like what kind of things like? helps you guys like stay together after after all these years and you know obviously you've been growing each each and every year like i see i like you can visibly see the progression throughout the years it's pretty dope like what kind of things were you guys doing to maintain that solidarity with your band and you know that yeah yes yeah i mean like we call ourselves we're so the little engine that could in band form like for sure but like we we like (laughs) I would say just there's so many bands now that like it's such a bummer that are even pretty good that like when one person tells them no they're like oh well we just broke up you know it's like I know yeah. bands like that just yeah. because <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like just because this label dude told you no you're done like you're gonna quit like this one if we quit when one label guy told us no like we would have quit fucking years ago you know like right but but <laughs> I think it's just, passion man you got it. But you got to be tenacious, too. Like, you can't be a bitch, either. 
Like, <laughs> I don't mean that in, like, a shitty way, but, like, you really got to be strong. And, like, you got to, when you have something good, you got to know you have something good. And just, there, there's something, I think, let me say this. You see a lot of, like, dudes in the in the music business, and they give advice to bands about, like, you know, and a lot of it's good advice, of course, because they're in it and they know. But I tell you, like, we literally did the complete opposite of, like, everything these guys say all the time and it always <laughs> worked for us and it was like they'll be like you know don't blindly hit up managers like we'll come to you that's fucking bullshit like if i did that like i i would know no but i know everybody from doing that <laughs> from literally right. knowing like hey i know I, i'm in a good band i know we have something to offer check this out like I, the first manager that ever gave us a time of day was slipknot's manager and like he talked to us on the phone we like talked every every week like from me, from Lust literally blind calling his phone number, like his cell phone. Like we found yeah. his cell phone number online and gave him a call. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's like totally cool with us now. Like we're so, you know, like we've known him for 10 years. Like it's just like, but you, you know, obviously you do it in a respectful way. You don't bombard their email or their phone or anything like that. But like it, I mean, a lot of that stuff, like we did, you know, um, but, and it worked for us, but like, so number one, I think, is just, like, finding members that are on the same page as you. Like, they want the same thing that you For want. For sure. You know, I, you know, like, you don't want a, you don't want three, like, we're a four-piece band. So you don't want three members that are like, hell yeah, let's do this. And then your drummer's like, but I really want to be an engineer, you know. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, so this is like, if this works, cool, but I'm really going to school to be an engineer. It's like, well, obviously you have one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. But if you have, like multiple members that are all on the same page and they all want this and they're all willing to that's like half the battle right there you know like you're not gonna have a million member changes and all that shit to deal with you know that's now, funny yeah me and Joe were just talking about some of that uh yesterday i like that yeah. and granted we've had our fair share of drummers i think <laughs> ruben's <laughs> our our fifth drummer but he's been in the band three years now almost four so he's definitely not going anywhere but like before that you know but you know the nucleus was there um and that helped a lot i'd say that would be number one you know so like once you have your internal stuff taken care of you know you don't have to deal with that like now you can move on to you know other stuff yeah um, i do gotta say one thing though um when we got the phone send me that send me that guy's number just playing <laughs> you're like, hey, uh, like yeah. <laughs> no shame no shame <laughs> he's like who, who gave you this oh man <laughs> you're wearing a breakdowns um, i'm in who are you giving my number two <laughs> <laughs> he's like this is exactly why we tell you guys don't call us like this yeah. i want to talk um, about the sound though real quick because i i love your guys' sound heavily new metal influence i gotta know what some of like what are some of your influences musically on your band sound because i'm real curious about that yeah dude uh i you know like i tell people that when i grew up like when i got into metal like here's the thing like one of my family members is like pretty big in the music business so we have that like oh you win there like that. there but he was in like to the in the pop world like you know all that and you know, that's what I listened to up until I was, like, 11. But then I started getting into, you know, like, Metallica and, like, Slipknot and Linkin Park, all that kind of stuff. And honestly, through the years, that's just still what resonates with me the most. Like, I love, like, 
accessible mass appeal metal bands. Like I, I am, have no problem admitting that I love that shit. Like big courses, but fucking heavy. I love it, dude. Me so, too. Like, me too. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we've always wanted. The type of band we've wanted to be, you know, just like we don't want to be an underground, like you know, obscure metal band. Even though I love some bands like that too, I just that's not like what we want to play in, you know. Shoot for the um, stars, man. Yeah, dude. So I, I would say that, like, just like bands like that, that like, you know, there's a chance that people not even into metal could like, you know, but that's undeniably heavy, too. Yeah, well, that's why I fucking love you guys so much. My favorite band of all time is Corn. So it, it's like Hell hand yeah. in hand. Like, it, it, I'm all about it. I love Corn. That's my second favorite band of all time. What's your time, first so. favorite band? Metallica is my first. That's a very cliche answer, but it's the truth. <laughs> hey, they're good, though. They've been, they're, they've been going on for God knows how long. I got all the respect for that band. Nah, but, man, dude, they're, they're, they're huge. But one, one thing I will say uh, that I definitely respect about your band for sure is that's that direction of music, uh, you know, that's that's something you guys have been doing, like, from day one. Uh, like, that, like, I'm, like, I'll call it new metal, but it's still, like, new metal, but, like, still with the, like, that mainstream appeal. Well, I guess new metal kind of did, too, but um, you guys have been doing that from day one, and, like, still doing it still getting better at it just and it's fucking awesome i love it um but i i've noticed uh a lot of like bands in like the hardcore metalcore genre or whatever uh their next progression now they're like oh man i kind of miss these old like corn bands and oh yeah now i'm gonna like add some elements of this uh like like, all that stuff (laughs) uh i'm gonna i'm gonna add this now into my into my stuff and i'm like I mean, I, I still like it. I mean, it's cool, but, like, I definitely respect that you guys were like, this is what we're doing, and this is what we've done. Fuck with it. Oh, yeah, and it, it's like, uh, I have noticed, you know, like, a lot of bands now, you know, are doing the, like, the Siler thing, or, like, you know, I'm friends with the dudes at Afterlife, stuff like that. They're doing, like, the rap, the rap side yeah. of, uh, you know, like, the very Linkin Park riff stuff. Like, those riffs are just Linkin Park, and but it's, I love Linkin Park, so whatever. Um, b- but... We never really did like the, you know, the rappy thing, but it was like in the beginning, we were like a really thrashy band. And like now when anyone's like, just like, you guys have like that thrash thing. I'm like, please never say that. Like (laughs) I literally told my publicist the other day, like before any interview that I do, tell them not to call us a thrash band ever. Like never again. We're going to get that out of the public's head. Yeah, Um, I don't see how they would get that. I don't, I don't see that at all. <laughs> well, our old stuff actually, I think it might have fallen off of Spotify and stuff. So, um, it had some thrashy elements, and like I said, like I love that stuff too. I grew up with it, but we definitely have evolved a little bit over the years. Um, and it, it was interesting. Like in the very beginning, people would be like, "Oh, you know, I see your influences are like bands like you know Slipknot, but like those kids that like Slipknot, they're like forty now, you know." Yeah. And I'm just like. Yeah, but there's still kids that like Slipknot, and there's still people that like Slipknot, or Slipknot wouldn't be Slipknot, you know? So it's like we tried to always just do what we want, wanted and what we enjoyed playing um, as opposed to trying to, like, follow everyone else. Because, like, we're never going to out-heavy anybody, and we're never going to out-new metal anybody or out, you know, I don't know. So we just kind of might we can. You might, though. Hey, you know, <laughs> you might, I, I, we are on a mission to be the biggest metal band ever. Pioneer, be a pioneer, just fucking rise to the top. You, you never say <laughs> never, yo. You're going to be killing goal. the game, yo. 
that's the goal. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's dope. And one thing uh, that I've noticed to kind of like backtrack a little bit on my uh, previous question, uh, as far as like what's helped you guys like keep going, I think from your responses of that, one thing I'm noticing is for sure, it's the confidence in your band and your music, like where you don't have one foot in one bucket or one grave or whatever that whole cliche saying, but you don't have, have just one foot in you, like you're diving straight in and you're like, I'm confident in my project. I know this is what, what we're going to do. And I'm, I'm aiming high. I don't care. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I think the confidence part really or confidence in, in your idea and in your band is what really fucking keeps the drive going. I think. Yeah. I mean, and what really helps is just like standing your ground. Like, there's so many like you know from bands to industry people that like four years ago would be like you know like as far as bands are concerned like wouldn't play a show with us or like wouldn't like industry's concerned like wouldn't answer or you know just whatever and like just from us sticking to our guns and be like no we know exactly what we're doing we know how this works we're pretty smart in this industry those same people now are like knocking at our door and, it, and it, that's how it works. You just have to, you can't, you just, you gotta be tenacious. Like this business is rough and it's an emotional roller coaster. but if you just hold your ground, you'll be, you know, and you're, t and you're good and you work hard, you know, you'll be good. And I think that's like my dad, he's like, if I ever say anything other than Tetrarch is going to be bigger than Metallica, he, <laughs> he like, <laughs> No, I feel that though. I mean, I mean, I <laughs> like so. It's like it's kind of that's how my dad is. He's very like it's you have fucking standards, which a lot of these bands nowadays don't have. <laughs> I I guess so, and it, you know, it's it's helped. Like I, I like I'll tell you, like even with the press stuff this year and a lot of that stuff, or Octane or radio or you know tours or whatever we've done this year, um, it was all stuff that I was like, you know. We chose to be independent right now. We chose to manage ourselves right now. And I was like, I don't know how if we're going to be able to obtain some of this stuff because of that. And we did it all. And I'm kind you know, it, it showed us a lot as a band. Like, we're like, hell yeah, you know, we're on the right track. We're doing really well. And, like, that helps, you know, when you have good stuff like that that happen, you know, like, it, it makes you confident. You know, you don't want to be a dick but like yeah you're a prime you a example of what i've been saying in your <laughs> about this <laughs> my bad <laughs> about you know I'm, I'm i'm huge on bands doing a lot of things <laughs> and being self-sufficient nowadays and what you're doing is fantastic and i wish bands could see that all these things can happen you don't need to shoot for whatever label you don't need to have this and that because there are bands like you guys who are doing all that without any of it which is pretty fucking sweet <laughs> And there's a lot of bands even who yeah, yeah, for sure. used to be like signed and all that sort of stuff. And they just, they're like, you know, their uh, contract expires. They're like, all right, cool. Well, we're just going to do this on our own. Cause you know, we, we got the knowledge, we got, we got the connections and we worked this hard to get this far. I think the market. Look at Attila, bro. Attila's not signed. They left Sharpton. They're, they, they've been DIY for a good little bit now, dropping all these yeah. singles and going on these tours, all DIY. It's wild. Yeah. 
it's crazy and it's like especially after you start building a name for yourself it's a little easier because like opportunities just kind of come to you you know and like when you're a smaller band it definitely seems like all right you know i think there's like a misconception too a lot of bands think uh you know if we could just get signs like then all of this stuff will be given to us we'll be good we'll like but it's like still if you want to be successful you got to be talented you got to work hard because even if you're signed you know i see so many bands get signed and it means it doesn't mean anything you know yeah. unless they one have some did, sort of one thing i themselves. definitely did notice is um, like uh like for me like like as soon as like you know we, we worked super super hard being uh independent artists or whatever and then the second we got signed i was just like all right cool now it's time to kick it up a notch and like just fucking go even harder because all right cool we got this part we were at the top, like one of the top of uh, where, where we were trying to go just now. So now we need to work even harder to get to that next level, like while we're signed or whatever. It doesn't stop even when you do get signed. It doesn't mean like, like you know, being signed is the end all be all or whatever. But a lot of bands, to your point, uh, they get signed and they're just like, all right, cool. Now I don't have to do anything. No. Yeah, we're straight now. <laughs> it's all set up for us now. Like, nigga, yeah, no. <laughs> No, yeah, no. This right. is when you like, have that's to do everything. Get, you're yeah, everyone, everyone feels that. You way. know, it's gonna that way. Like, okay, everyone's gonna set it up. We're gonna have everything planned for us. This time, the third, and bands are dropping like flies, getting signed for one album, and then they're gone. You never see them again. Here's a question, though, that I'm gonna ask you guys because you guys come from a little bit more of the scene aspect than like. Tetrite, we're like i like consider us the lone wolves like we're not part of like really any scene at all you know obviously like when it comes to metal those are that's where we like fit the most you know where we have the most friends but that's why i was like i hear a lot of bands in like the warp tour world and it irks me really bad when they're like you know i feel like a lot of their mindsets are like all right dude we just want to go on tour with our friends for you know xyz until we can't tour with our friends anymore and then we're just gonna go home and get a real job like and to me that's so perplexing because it's like you are telling yourself that you're basically not gonna do this forever like as a career like you're basically like limiting yourself right there (laughs) and like am i a dick for like not really caring about touring with like i want to tour with my friends of course like i want to tour with bands that i'm friends with but like to me, that's not, like, the point. Like, the point is to, like, grow and achieve goals as a band. And if we're touring with our friends, hell, yeah, that's a bonus. If I'm going to be, if but I'm, I'm going to be not, honest, like, I'm not going to hate I'm going to say that Orion and I are probably not the people to talk to about that because. I have and, opinions about this, well, though. I know, I know I'll get to it, but, or you can get to it, but at least for, for his band and for my band, well, I'll speak on my, my, my old band's perspective. We, like, it didn't matter, like, if we knew the bands that we were touring with or not. We, like, one of our first objectives was to befriend everybody in the band so that we could be friends with them. That was just kind of our, our personality. So, yeah, so, uh, your point with... Uh, oh, of course, yeah. You know, that's sort of, like, mentality. Uh, like, that. Like that's, that's for, foreign to me, but, like, I, def- I definitely see that. No, 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 no. But see, that's that's different because, like, my point is, like, when you go out on the road, like, say we got a tour tomorrow with 
uh, Whitechapel, and like we would definitely want to tour and befriend Whitechapel. You know that we want them to become our friends, but we wouldn't only want to tour with bands that are our friends. Like if say like there's a band that is doing decent, but like they're not our friends. We don't really know them. I'm not gonna be like, oh, oh this yeah, sucks. No, I, we're about to yeah. go on to this band. I, I they're not our mean, friends. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I do agree with you about the fact that it's like super bogus if that's your mentality, saying, "Hey, I only want to tour with my friends' bands," and then once we've done that, then I'm going gonna go home and just get a job and like you know, cool, I did my thing. Uh, Man, I feel I feel this though, bro, because like I, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling all that because I'm seeing a lot of bands hurt at a certain point, and then next thing you know they're touring with each other all the time i can't count how many times i've seen yeah. like the plan you tour with like fit for a king like eight thousand different times and if that were me and that's all that's going on i'm like okay so mm-hmm. my, my homies aren't playing with anyone bigger than us we're not playing with no one bigger someone's got to step it up and reach for a higher goal because at that point you've kind of plateaued like that's what i'm saying like you kind of that's exactly I what i get, get you content. know like I just, I feel like there, I feel like there's a, I just feel like there's like a, like, I, I guess, and here's the thing, people start bands for like different reasons, so sometimes I need to be more, you know, objective to the <laughs> fact that, Diamond, not everyone wants to do what you do with your band, and like, I, under, I understand that, and that's really cool, like, some people do want to just tour for fun, they don't want to do that forever, and they want to go home and do something else, and I, like, I respect that too, if you know that, I respect that, but like, it's so hard for me sometimes to be, just see how people like view like touring and like sacrificing out there. They just look at it like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to do this for a minute. And then I know we're all going to have to go back and get a job. Cause like, you know, whatever. And I'm cool with that. But for me, I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not going to go back. And get a job. I'm gonna be in one of the yeah. biggest bands in this fucking world. And I'm gonna provide. I'm gonna provide my family the best thing. I can. It's just you know? convenience. Like um, when you're I don't know. I guess it's high just, end of the middle card. I guess I would call that stage. And maybe they tried, and they're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. No one's biting on something big. So the last resort, tour with your homies, and then they get content with that. So that's all they're gonna do because they're not pushing like at this lower level. Like you got to reach out more. You got to keep trying more. Just because you couldn't get on the tour you wanted at that next level a couple times, don't mean it can't happen again. Keep trying, man. But yeah, yeah, I, I feel that though. That makes- Bands are too content. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it for me. Like they're very, they're very content, and and it sucks too because like I'm stay hungry. Like maybe I'm to keep that hungry. <laughs> I'm always like, it, it's it, it's. It, I think the first time I told Josh this like the other day, like I'm always thinking about the next thing. So it's like, oh, we get on Octane. That's so sick. All right, now what? Like, but like the very first time I think in a very long time that I've just reveled in like some sort of success that we've had was just like when we charted on the rock charts. <laughs> I literally have never been so happy like about anything we've ever done. But in like the amount of time we've been a band, it's crazy because we've done some things that I guess are worth being excited about. But I'm so like one track minded all the time that I'm just like yeah. always so nervous about being stagnant. So I'm always like, all right, what's next? All right, we need the next step and we need the next step. But I think that was the first time that I've ever been like, I took a minute and just like, I think like me and Josh like air kicked in our yeah. apartment. We were like so stoked. We saw, we saw he, he's an accomplishment. So, you should be happy. You know, like, like I said, like, 
yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's crazy, crazy about especially the future, like though, metal bands. I was asking it's about it's the, crazy, you know? the follow-up single on the radio, which you kind of a little bit answer, which is great because you are thinking about the future, and I'm sure you're writing for something new. Is there like a new release next year plan? Segue. Oh yeah, I'm we are we thing. are writing for sure. We are. <laughs> But this one might not be, probably won't be. Uh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So another another read between the lines, folks. <laughs> another read between the lines. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, we That's should play dope. a game. You should yeah. have us guess who it is. No, I'm playing. You won't tell us. <laughs> Road running. Let's go. I definitely will. You'll be guessing all night. You know? Oh, I nailed it. <laughs> no, no, but one thing I was going to mention about, uh, uh, like, looking ahead, like, being, like, no matter, like, what you have planned, uh, you're still looking ahead, and I like I fucking Orion. And I can definitely agree that that's like a a huge advantage. Like even with this podcast, like this is just like a side thing that we're doing for fun. Like each of us have our own bands that like is our main focus right now. But yeah. you know we're doing this for fun. But even this side thing uh, with Inside the Unsigned, we're we already have plans three six months down the future or down the line of everything we want to do, what we want to accomplish, and, and goals like. You know, it's really good to have goals, and that's one huge thing that I think a lot of bands don't do. Like, they don't, like, they're just like, all right, let's just hit this wow, blind. Goal. Like, let's just put everything into this goal, and then, all right, we hit it. All right, cool, now let's come up with a new strategy. It's like, no, you have to come up with the goal, and then, all right, cool, once you hit that goal, uh, what are you going to do after that? Like, plan plan for the aftermath and you know, build off of that. Oh, Yeah. It's crazy too how many uh, bands I'll talk to, and we'll just be talking, you know, like friends, and and they'll say like, "Man, we really want to, you know, get to this point. We really want to do this." And I'll be like, D- "That would be so sick! Like, how do you guys? Oh, you're talking to get about we're talking about like, like, having those steps. Know. Go you on. know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you have to. You gotta you gotta at least have some plan. And obviously, not everything's gonna happen exactly." how you plan it and most of the time in this business it probably won't go really close but like if you have some kind of steps you know how you can achieve it in the ballpark you'll get there a lot quicker and like in a lot more successful way I think you know we always we try to plan everything like six months out like if you ask me you know what do you want to be doing in December of next year I could absolutely tell you like me and Josh sit down all the time and try to like come up with like, you know, me and the band just in general, general, all four of us and like, all right, so by January of 19, this is what we want to do, be doing, you know, and this is how we think we'll try to get there or whatever. It's very helpful. And it makes you feel better too. Like as a band member feeling like leaving, having written it down at least and knowing, okay, this is what we're doing now. Instead of like, I feel like a lot of bands get discouraged because yeah, they don't really know it's they're always waiting on someone else. Um, and that's one thing we're good at. We definitely, we never wait on anyone else. I think that's why I liked staying like self-managed and independent for so long as I'm so like hands-on all the time. And like, I'm so, I love to know uh-huh. every little thing. My agent <laughs> probably wants to kill me. I call him every other day and like, you know, I'm, I want to know everything. Like, and some bands are like that. Some aren't, some don't want to really know anything until, you know, it's all there. But I think the more you can have, um, in your knowledge. own hands, the better, you know. Like knowledge is power. Like you, it, help, you, it helps like, us. The more, the more you know, uh, it it helps so much. It doesn't even matter. Like even if you 
like are signed or like have deals and all that sort of stuff like it's still so important to know what's going on at the very like it helps you but also it can help you understand where maybe your manager is coming from or where the label is coming from if you have uh like uh, like a similar mindset like if if a manager is pushing pushing some some idea on you uh if you don't know much about the industry you're like well why the fuck would you like ask me to do that or like why do you want us to go this way if you have more knowledge about the industry uh you can kind of be on that that same like playing field more or less where you can kind of bounce ideas. So if, if there's something you disagree about with what's proposed to you, you are a little bit more knowledgeable. You can kind of go back and forth and come to a, you know, a good conclusion without like, Hey, yeah. Oh yeah. Without seeming like, you know, the like that was perfect. What you hit on is like, if, if you're knowledgeable about what you're talking about, it's a lot easier to bounce ideas and like be able to, communicate with your team effectively you know then like not a lot of bands are very knowledgeable so I can see where their team would be like oh my god you know but like it one thing I think bands also and I'm sure just industry people probably would hate me for saying this but I think um one thing the bands don't know yes a lot is like you're the boss like you're the band. You're the boss. Like let's be on a agent, podcast all your the time. Label, this is your exactly manager. What you're their boss. Oh yeah, right. I mean, but it's true. And like I said, like I don't it's mean I don't mean that to knock the, your team because your team is equally as important. Like you need them, but like bands, a lot of times, like their team will talk to them <laughs> right, shitty, and I'm like, though. you do know that you're their boss. You can fire them. Like you can so fire your manager, right? He can't talk to you like, like that. You know, and yeah, it's just so, like. I mean, it's just a, a lot. A lot of people, a lot, and like I said, your team. That doesn't mean go cut your team out. Like your team, you need your team, and they are out there. If they're working hard for you, and they're doing, they're helping you, and you don't know much about the business, and they're they're teaching you, then like you need that. But like some bands, like I said, they don't realize. Like like Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield. Now, granted, biggest band in the metal band in the world, but I guarantee right. you, their team's not talking to them like they're little kids. Like. That's the they're they they pay they pay you like your your work is what's paying them, and I think a lot of bands need to know that like their input if you know what you're talking about, your input matters like because you're the ba- you're the and one that's gonna do it you're you're the band 110 so, like, percent with that one. that's you're, something a lot you're of using you're know, using a, a key word which uh, is perfect team like their team or like it, it you're talking about your team which is everybody like everybody is a part of it. Like, just like you can fire somebody from your own band, you could fire, fire somebody from, uh, you know, management, the label, you, like to me, uh, a manager or a label, that's a, that's an extra member of the band. They're not playing an instrument, but they're, they're, uh, you know, source, uh, for helping the band is, you know, their contacts or what they can do on, on their specialty. Like, Hey, I'm the singer. This is what I'm going to do. I can, I can sing, I can perform, I can write. You know how to manage, uh, the band or like mm-hmm. manage things, get us contacts, get us, uh, whatever. But to me, I always, I always saw that as, you know, like yeah. you said, it's a team. Like it's not, everybody's on the same playing field, but at the end of the day. And obviously sometimes they're not like, sometimes you have, you might have someone on your team that doesn't have your, you know, 
best interest at heart. And when you figure that out, you know, you guys part ways, but it, in a good working relationship, that's how it should be. Like you should have a, a team of people that respect you. They come to you, like your agents to come to you and say like, you know, what do you think of this tour? We just got an offer for this tour. What do you guys think about it? Like, do you, this is the offer. How do you feel about it? It shouldn't be like, well, right. this is a tour we're going to do, you know, it's like, you know, and, and a band shouldn't just be like, all right, you know, like it should. Now, if they have like some strong reasoning and it makes sense, you should also be smart enough to like understand that it makes sense. And, and like, but like I said, you just bands should know that they have more power in their career path than what I think a lot of them are led to believe. Like, and know they're listen more to what this woman is saying, people. Damn. To believe they I, are. I think, uh, tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think, uh, it's, it, I, and I'm actually just thinking about it now. I think some of that may like some of that, like, uh, I don't know how to put it, but so the, the way that like bands are or whatever, when they are independent artists or whatever, they're trying so fucking hard to be in a label, be in, uh, some sort of management deal. And so, like, they're really trying for that. And then all of a sudden, all right, cool. Now we're signed to this management company or this record label. I think because initially the whole time you were saying, man, I really fucking want to get to this next level. I think that that's why a lot of bands, uh, when they do get signed, they still kind of feel, like, inferior. uh, And they don't have that sort of, like, same team mentality where, like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, we're working together. It always kind of seems like, you know, they they have a boss or whatever. Uh, yeah, they just don't. Like, how can you expect anyone to know? You know, it's like it, we've been we were lucky enough to have somebody that could teach us. You know, that was like like bigger in the industry than <laughs> any of the people we talked to. So it's like that was very helpful for us to have that. But if you don't have that, like right. that's I why we're here, motherfucker. Like, how can you know? Like because it's because it's made it's made you're made to feel like you're just the band and like all these people like are shoving out all this money for you and all this stuff and it's like you do what they say, you know. But you know, to some extent, yeah, they're industry professionals and they should be trying to get you to a big point or a point where, you know, where you all should want your band to go. But I, a lot of bands just feel I, they're taken advantage of, man. You know, a lot, not even bands, you know, just the artists that, in the industry man. in general. Man, you should be on our podcast so, every week. <laughs> You're fucking nailing all the points. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's why, I guess that's why we just try to like, you know, we just try to, like you said, you know, we try to stay like confident. So we just try to like, just tell ourselves like, we know what we're worth. We know like we're worth something. And at first, you know, your manager and stuff might be like, oh, you know, but they will really respect you after a while. They'll really be like, you know what? I really respect how you guys work because you guys have your head on straight and you know what's going on. You know, at first it's a little bit of shell shock because they're like, okay, most bands don't like, you know, like counter what I'm saying, you know, ever. But like, if you know what you're talking about, that, you do that. They'll that's respect definitely you, one thing that you know. Uh, at some point, 
I think that might might go unnoticed too is like, you know, if you're if you're just listening to what your management or your label is saying or whatever, uh, you like you're not going to get that respect. Like if you if you say, hey, I, I like I kind of disagree. This this is why. Blah blah blah. Uh, I I feel like that's where you kind of gain that respect because again, they they picked you up or like they signed you or whatever because of all the work that you guys were putting in. Uh, ahead of time, like you got, like they saw that you you were driven, you're doing shit on your own, and everything was, you know, going real well uh, for you, and that's why they picked you up, and you know that's 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 yes. kind of like where you get that respect is when you're like, all right, cool, well, I, I, here's what here's what was working on our end. Uh, let me like combine that with what you're saying, and then let's come to a mutual agreement uh, where you know we can, we can both, you know, succeed in this. Exactly. And and it's also kind of like, this is a little off, but um, I know also you bands have to remember and artists in general, I just say bands because like I'm in a band, but artists in general, like should remember like, this is a music business. This is just the music. So it's like, Business first, and I know, for example, and just because this is something new that everyone in the scene knows, but like, oh, yeah. what recently oh, happened man. with like the dudes in Bad Omens with that tour, and it's like, here's the thing, I, you know, I completely understand. Like, I don't like to, t- I don't talk about any band because you know, you never know. There's always different stuff, but it's like, honestly, I understand. Like, I wouldn't go like we've had to negotiate terms for tours that are like, it may sound so petty. It's like, you know, if our buyout or our catering's not there, we're not, we're not playing. Like, and people look at that as like, are you crazy? Like you have to, you know, just eat shit for a while. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. We did eat shit for a while, for a very long time. We played for nothing, 50 bucks to drive from Atlanta to LA, like dumb, you know, crazy stuff. And it's like, now, you know, you have to know your worth. And it's like, if Bad Omens agreed to be the direct support for the co-headlining tour, but their name is at the bottom in tiny print, like, it might seem like that's really shitty and petty, but, like, billing on a tour is important. Like, when you look, Metallica's not going to let Korn's name be way above them on a thing, and then, like, Metallica yeah. be like, well, it's fine, we're still on the flyer. Like, that, you have to you know, perception is everything in this industry and you have to, like, if they're direct, they should be billed as direct on the fire and not down there with a, a band that is, that's just, it's just business. Like, that's, and it sounds so petty to the public because the public isn't looking at it like that. Like, they're looking at it like, dude, you're on this big tour. Who cares where your name is? Like, I see so many bands commenting, like, you don't even have to put us on the flight <laughs> and we'll go. And I'm like, and that's why you're going to have a job in three years at McDonald's. Right. Because, like, you don't care about the small things. But it's important. It's facts, it, like I said, it sounds it, it so petty. It sounds facts. so stupid. You know, I, I, and I mean, I kind of agree a little bit on both ends. But if I was Bad Omens, I wouldn't exactly drop off the tour. I would try to, you know, make it happen. I mean, I kind of I kind of feel bad about yeah, I feel bad about how unprofessional well, they said, those they headliners said, were. Those bands, they said they tried to ran know. that band through the ringer on fucking Facebook and all that, like trashing bad humans. I I lost a lot of respect for what they did. Right, right, and that's the thing. It's like maybe they did. 
like bad omens they said they tried and regardless of who tried or what did or did not happen or whatever it's like why would as a headlining band you know you're the headliner you know you're gonna bring all these people like why yeah. would you post yeah, why I, wouldn't you I just say bad omens can't be on the tour unfortunately I love like, both yeah, of those yeah. before recently i like Emily Affliction, but I've always loved Census Fail. If I was any of those bands, whoever's running their page, I would have just been like, sorry to uh, inform you, Bad Omens had to drop off the tour. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that, and that's it. That's all people need to know, but it's like when you're crap talking like the opening, it, it just sucks, because it's like you have nothing, and that's why it's crazy, because like I'm, when we with Cahill and, uh, and Devil Driver, it was like, Kane Hill, they told us, they were like, you know, it's crazy, like, the nicest bands, and we found this too, the bands that seem to treat their openers nice are the ones that don't have anything to prove, and it's like, you go on tour with, you know, or you play shows with, like, bigger bands, like, you play a show with Korn, you play, they treat you so nice, like, sweetest <laughs> dudes, you can have what you want, like, you know, within reason, yada 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 but it's like you play with bands that are you know still out there still grinding and like yeah. it's like they're always like trying to one-up you a little bit sometimes and i just feel like amity affliction and senses fail like i'm not like a fan they of are. their band i'm sure i mean sure they're talented but like yeah i just that feel like was they not have a very good they move on just, them you, like, i mean just how i have it in both ways people seeing what they're saying like some people are going to agree and have a different opinion about the band like what they're saying they need to think this could affect the people who are against what we're doing and maybe not not bang with us for a while like just don't say shit man yeah yeah I, I, that was kind of a bummer to me because like i said i i just saw so many bands that were like oh we'll play for nothing and we'll play for you can you don't even have to put our name on the flyer and i'm like guys like i know it sounds so petty and it sounds so stupid like dude our name's little like i get that sounds so crappy but it's generally like what's behind that, that Plus, matters, it actually, you know, yeah, like, what, what, it's what, not what, just I'm gonna say the same thing I'm about to say. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, I'm not, I'm probably not, but Fuck. uh, one thing I did notice though, uh, it, it like it, it, it seems petty, but like, like you said, it's it, it's really not when you when you actually understand it. But one of the one of the things that I noticed, like, even when I was like, uh, coming up with my band, uh, I was like, when we actually had like a band meeting, or like we were like. All right, what do we have to do to not be one of the plain text bands? You are saying our... what I'm saying, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, like get get our actual logo on a flyer. Like that means a lot. Like it it sounds petty or whatever, but it kind of shows uh, a little bit more si significance and prestige to your band. And hey, we're not just one of these like people who mm -hmm. are randomly opening up, opening up. And like too too bad Omen's defense. Uh, you know, a lot of those show flyers. If they had any local bands coming up, they would have been in the same plain text, all of them, and you know, in the same font. They would exactly. be like, "All right, so if you've never heard right. of Bad Omens, you would just think that this is one of the like local bands that are playing that day." Like, that. I understand that. Exactly. Yeah, and like percept, like I said, perception is everything, and it, especially that's in the this. entertainment business, like that's what this is. You know, like perception's everything. So it's like. I had never heard of the other band, like the opening band, and like to see them in the same Who was the band? and like, but probably aren't making the same money and Who don't have the same, like, like oh, yeah. uh, Belmont or something. They're like a pop punk band. I think. So it's just like you know somebody like Bad Omens who's been out there grinding, tour with Bullet Valentine, tour with Killswitch, touring with you know yada yada yada, 
And then, you know, being down there on the flyer with a band that hasn't done, it, it just seems to me like an easy fix. Like if I was a headliner, I'd be like, yeah, dude, like, Obviously, you're not. I'm not gonna put you huge like our name, but like I'll put you well, in medium put, font, just like put, under Just us. put both bands, you know, like even Belmont, because like, I, I know I know they're pretty. Like I don't know if they're as big as Big Omen or uh, Bad Omen. Big Omen. Big Omen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let's just call them Big Omen. <laughs> <laughs> they were little omens in that flower, though. No, <laughs> they were little omens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, just put put. At least their logo on just in smaller font. That's like I feel like they would have been okay with that. That 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 would have been fine. Agree. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just yeah that was just my point of like it, it's definitely business first and it, and it sucks when it has to come to light like that and like the public who don't really understand how it works like they perceive it in a way that yeah. makes you I, look just horrible. But. Uh, it is it's the music business for sure like you've got to take care of your business first and and the bands that do and the bands that look at like business Yo, generally have the I most longevity i completely think. stay away from like putting my opinions towards things like in the music industry in general like sometimes like you know I, well actually for the most most part i'll just like say positive things about a band but if i like disagree with some shit like as i saw the bad omens thing i had my initial gut reaction i was like I mean, I don't need to comment on it. It doesn't matter anyway, but like I still I still have a business I'm trying to run, which is my band and like my brand or whatever. So, you know, if if you're talking shit, I know Orion has an example of this, but like if you're talking shit and you're in a band or somebody in a band, uh, you don't know the kind of repercussions it can have on you or the other people surrounding your band. So you, you definitely have to kind of like distance yourself oh, yeah. from you know posting posting some shit talk on- online because people are going to take it the wrong way or uh oh yeah and i mean like bands like i'm friends with bands that aren't friends with another band i'm friends with and it's like i i don't care if you play folk music like i can hang out with you and be cool like i rarely post like i never post anything online political or anything like that i don't I don't really feel like that's my place, you know, to like, I'm, I play guitar, like I, you know, and I, I want to share our music with people. I don't, they don't need to know who I voted for. Like, unless like, we're like, (laughs) we're not Rage Against the Machine, you know, we're not like a a political driven, politically driven band. So it's like, I don't think anyone cares about my opinion and like, you know, nor should they, you know, about, about that. Um, So I try to stay very neutral. Like if it's something like, the bad omens thing like i said i don't who knows like all those bands could be super cool i've never met any of them except bad omens and it's just like they all have their reasoning for doing things i just think from like the business side i feel like maybe like it could have been more than what was posted but I the world will never wrong, know you know so <laughs> that's just my two cents yeah that's just my uh fuck all that my shit two though cents from the outside you hear that people in. make sure you let go big hey big one <laughs> <laughs> Have standards, motherfucker. <laughs> they had standards. Have standards. But if they're getting paid like a couple G's, I'd be like, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we still on the flyer and shit, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You're if like, money's I mean, talking, I, I kind of like it, but I'm going to assume it, it definitely wasn't talking like that. 
You better get paid one fifty yeah, every night, who, nigga. Who knows? But, who but knows? there's like a thousand people here, and dates are sold out. So. Oh god. <laughs> 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 well, we, oh, we can god, dive that's in. That's a whole another freaking. We can dive in. We can completely dive this, this in. This is inside the unsigned. We can dive into whatever we you want. You know what, Joe? That's cool because we haven't talked about guarantees. Let's talk about let's talk about the guarantee. Diamond, go ahead and bust out what you're about to say. I don't know, man. The guarantee thing, I just I don't you know. It depends on the band and it depends on a lot of the tour. It depends on a lot of stuff. I don't know. I hate to throw, I don't throw out numbers because, you know, some bands, like, they might like what they're getting and, you know, or whatever. And I, you know, I look, I'm not trying to make any <laughs> agents mad today. Like, I'm mad as but, shit. Like, I, I just, just in the bands, just know. It's all about having their standards. Know your worth, for man. real, like, know, okay, I'm going to have worth, yeah. a very interesting example. I'm not going to name any bands. Um, oh, man. Uh, I mean, I guess this isn't like, I guess it kind of does. Um, there was a band that bought onto a tour with us. This other band was the one who set, who set mm-hmm. all that up because they were handling uh, the booking. We just agreed to headline. And um, I didn't know anything about what they were getting at all yeah. until the last week of the tour. And they're kind of venting to us because we were, you know, leaders of the tour. And they're like, yeah, um, we were promised... $75 a night. And we've only been we've only been getting paid <laughs> 40 bucks. We've never gotten paid our guarantee. And I'm like, holy fuck. So your boy had to go and make some things happen, you know what I'm saying? And in my opinion, I wouldn't have even taken a $75 guarantee tour in the first place. Like if you're out there trying to go on tour, you gotta think about calculations and gas and food and like a lot of bands aren't thinking just go out go out on tour my first tour man we went out with like fucking door deals all day and we were fucking busting out credit cards and you name it like that's you have to know all the expenses like come on yeah i mean it, it's 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 all like i said it's also about the level that your band's at because like i said like Tetrarch's a band, we haven't skipped a step. Like, you know, some bands, like, they are lucky. They skip, like, three steps. They're good. They go from yeah. this to this, and they're playing, you know, Download Festival and everything else. That is not our band. We we started from touring in my dad's, like, truck to, like, he bought us a van and, and a trailer. We finally did that. We, we started out playing for door deals and maybe 50 bucks. And, you know, it was, like, we did it. But, like, you also have to know, like, I'm not going to play for the same now that I have a charting single and major press and all this shit. And I'm on Octane and I'm doing all this. I'm not going to tour now for the same. I'm sure you learned a lot that I toured for when I was in my dad's truck. You you, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, no. And so it's just like, like I said, like some bands, you know, you don't want like a band starting out to like be demanding, you know, a grand a night. You know, because obviously that's not right, but know where you're at as a band, know your worth and your value, and then be able to kind of set a president of what you think you should be making um, then, you know, and obviously you can like look at the tour, like say there's a tour that'll be super beneficial for your band and you might be making a couple hundred dollars less or hundred dollars less than what you think. 
sometimes it's okay to like you know weigh that out a little bit but at the uh, on another level it's like if you're on a tour that you think is going to be really great for your band it's probably drawing a lot and you probably shouldn't have to make less than what you think you're you should um but that's where we're like joe said it comes into like you know being somewhat knowledgeable about what you're talking about you know you gotta and like i said it's so hard like i can't imagine knowing all this stuff just knowing it like you have to have someone teach you or someone you have to like or learn from experience which is why i'm glad that we're doing something like this now how it works and it's still funny how you know bands are still going out and kind of learning that or jumping in early because i feel like nowadays you know there's so much knowledge out there and youtube video people know everyone on facebook it's so easy to ask questions and you know gain some knowledge and there's bands who still won't even reach out when everything is so much easier to attain now it's just absurd Yo, honestly, Orion, I like, I I know that information is a lot easier to obtain these days, but I kind of disagree where I think that like, I think people are just lazy to look it up. Like there's so much information out there uh, to like, again, podcasts, uh, (laughs) nobody fucking like, I feel like yeah, you can know as many people as you want. You can, like, have as many friends on Facebook, Instagram as you want. But, like, what are you doing? Like, all you're doing is getting numbers. Are you, like, actually, like, learning anything? Or are you actually fucking... Yeah, that's my point. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Time? Same yeah. thing you're saying. Okay, I do agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same point. Same point. Yeah. I just think, you know, bands aren't... Like what you said, Joe, they're just being lazy, bro. Don't go on tour if you don't know the fuck you're doing. Yeah, but it's like also if you love, like I love the freaking music business. It is a headache, and it like you can have some of the worst days, some of the best days ever. But I I love the music business. I love every up and down of it. But and it literally it just like I get it's a fun. spark in my eye when I talk about. It. I love it. I love every aspect of it. But I so I enjoyed like learning about the goods and bads and like going out there and doing it ourselves. Booking my like I booked Tetrarch tours for years on my own. And it took, you know, yeah. a month or two months to get it booked, you know, like they're like 30 day tours because just because like no one really knew who we were, but I learned so much from doing that. And I'm so glad that we had to it do that, care. you know, like, because yeah, you can really appreciate like now just like having tour offers and like not having to book the place is like. Yeah. When we get them, I'm just like, it, it oh feels, my god, this it is feels amazing! So good like, just, when you like, don't I love have it so much. Like, like, you're just like, it's everything. Oh my god, because I dude, have dude, it's so too. awesome. I was like, uh, even like, I, I still have my whole hotmail of all of my fucking sent uh emails for Kamisado, and it was just like every fucking per- and I was just trying to book like a seven day like East Coast tour, uh, like from Maryland to Florida, and it was hundreds of emails, like just asking everybody who we can play, like, like if they have a, uh, a spot for us or whatever. And, you know, it's, it was so satisfying going from that. And then years later we get, you know, we get people who can book the tours for us. And it's just like, dude, this is so much better. I, I mean, that fucking great. Hell yes. Oh, you can really appreciate it. it. Like I said, I'm so, I'm so glad we started that way. Like, I, I mean, it's awesome for the bands that don't, you know, they, that can have the right, you know, formula to pass that. But like for us, I'm, I think I'm really glad we did. Cause like, I know 
a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are in buses now. Right. Buses, and they're like, oh, we've never be been nice. in a van before, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like, don't get me wrong. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we had to do that because, like, it brought us closer as a band. You know, it brings us closer as a band. Like, now I know yeah. when we get in a bus, it's going to be smooth sailing, you know, because we had to be so close to each other for, for you know, some years, you know. So, so it's, it's, there's oh. definitely some perks to, I think, starting from the bottom and, like, literally having to make a name for yourself in every way possible. Yeah, Yo, can I get your dad's number? Yourself. I'm trying to get into buying Still have a long band. way to go. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got lucky. You know what's crazy about that is we booked a tour, right? This was our first tour ever. Like in 2012, Damn. We, bu- we booked, I booked a 30-day tour and we've never, we never, we had done some like week-long runs with like three days off. So really like three or four days down in like Florida and stuff like that. We had never done like a full month. And I think it was like, we left in like a week or like three days or something. And my dad was like, he knew something was wrong with me. Like I was walking around like very like, like just perplexed, just like thinking. He's like, what's on your mind? And I'm like, oh well, we God. leave the tour in three days and we don't have a van. And my dad's like, <laughs> why didn't you say anything? <laughs> like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, so literally like we found this, Van on Craigslist, perfect condition, trans new transmission, like, everything. Hey. <laughs> and he went out and bought it in cash, like like that that day, and like brought it home. And I was just like, dude, dad, you're so thank you so much. And like, I think uh Josh's mom bought our tra- our trailer. Josh and Ryan, I think they've split it, bought our trailer, and we left like two days later. And we had never driven a van, never driven. A, I don't even know why our parents let us do this. Like we, we had never even driven a van and trailer before. Had no business out there, but it was literally one of the best tours of my my life. It was like we did everything wrong, but we learned so yeah. much. It was so much fun. And like, I got to know yeah. though, like so. That's how that's what, that's how we what got were that you ball rolling. Do before. <laughs> well, see here. <laughs> Let me tell you, we've always been the type of band that's like, we're going to do this shit <laughs> okay, and we'll figure you. out how later, you know, that we're very opposite of, of some people. We're like, we're going to get on the radio. We're going to hire a radio team. How we're going to figure out all the other stuff, we'll figure that out later. But this is what we're going to do. And it always works out. Got so you. I guess this was the very beginning of that. <laughs> and like, I think what we thought we were going to do was we thought we were going to rent a van, right? Like we were like, we'll just rent a van. But when we came down to renting a van, we were like looking at the prices at the end of the day, and we we're like, we we're like, yeah. dude, this renting a van thing is kind of, oh, you know, like we thought we were gonna rent a van, and then we went to try to, we were looking at U-Haul trailers to rent, and like they were like, I don't remember if it was like they just none of them, they didn't have a big enough one for us or something at the at the U-Haul near us. It was something weird, and we were just like, we are fucked. Um, but it all worked out. Like things always work out for us. We we uh. We're lucky in that way, but I, like I said, that's the only thing I could think of that we were thinking because I don't know what else we could have thought was I mean, going to just it happen. Like did, the hey. magically appear in the front yard. That's a good story, though. Like, yeah, know, that, thanks, it, Dad. You know, about that first tour. <laughs> that that's what this is about, man. That's good to hear. And it, what's crazy about that very first tour is <laughs> we went on this first tour, and at that time, we were like. Um, yeah. talking to Roadrunner heavily. So <laughs> we had, we went on this first tour. We got up to New York and um, 
the A and R up there, Monty Connor, he was there at the time he's at Nuclear Blast now, but he came and saw us play, right? So we were, we knew he was gonna come see us play. We we're like, man, we hope some people are there. I've actually oh, never told anyone this story except for like people in my my friends and stuff. But like he, he you know, we were like, okay, Monty's gonna be there. You know, he wants to come see us play. First of all, van and trailer in New York at five o'clock is just the dumbest idea ever. It's like complete hell. So it took us, we kept going through the wrong tunnel. Like there's like the Lincoln tunnel and the Holland tunnel. Yep. And one, you can't have a trailer when you go through to get into the city. So we ended up looping around in New Jersey, like three times trying to figure out how to get in the city. So finally get in the city, finally get to the venue. We were supposed to go to guitar center earlier that day. Cause Josh didn't have any strings and he, we never got there. So, he had a guitar with, you know, you know, like two missing strings on it. Um, but we didn't have time. So we were like, we'll figure that out later, like we always do. Uh, <laughs> we pull up to the front of the venue and like Monty's sitting on the step of the venue, like just waiting for us. And we're like, oh, my God. I was like, guys, I think I think that's Monty. If you don't know who Monty is, Monty has signed Slipknot. He signed Trivium. He signed you know, kill, like also every band you can imagine. <laughs> so like he's sitting on the step and we're like, fuck, this sucks. So we get out there. I have to go out there. I'm like, oh, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, like we, you know, got into some traffic, all this shit or whatever. So <laughs> then our bass players drive oh, no. in Ryan and he's trying to park in this parking spot parallel in front of the venue. And Ryan gets pissed off because all these cars keep coming behind him. They're honking at him like to hurry up but he's trying to park so he gets pissed and he just like floors the van oh, and the trailer oh just side swipes like, parked car and like oh. like this fucks up the side of our trailer and Monty's like I'm like trying to keep him occupied because I'm like shit like you know and Monty's like dude did you just see that did you just see that van hit that car that's insane he's like, that, that like might be going to see and I'm sitting there like fuck 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 so he's like he's like was that y'all's van? Yeah. So I was like, yep. He's like, oh my God, you know. So so that was that was another shitty thing. So we get in there, we start playing, and Josh has to use my guitar because his he doesn't have strings. So he's using my Gibson and I'm using my backup guitar that I never even used to play. And literally the only person at this show is Monty and a friend of ours that we had that moved to New York. Two people. And like, there's like a part of our set where like Josh is like, you know, clap and say hey and all this stuff. And like, we gotta, you know, we always put on a show no matter who's there. So literally, we're putting on a show to Monty who's standing in the middle of the room <laughs> and he's like, has his fist in the air. Like, I literally have this like this vision in my head of just him in the middle of the floor by himself, <laughs> you know, saying hey with his fist in the air, you know. And I'm just like, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. I think it took, and I tell Monty this day, I think it took me a good like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. So like, it was just I, so... I feel like I might be onto something <laughs> with like... the Roadrunner chassis earlier, though. I'll, I'll, I'll just stop right there, though. Damn it. No, it's definitely not that. Uh, oh, so you... <laughs> he's not even at Roadrunner so, anymore. So, he's so you, he's just, blast, you just so change it up. Be rock... blast, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not them either. So... Damn. <laughs> and even if it was, I wouldn't tell you. So, like, it's just crazy, like, when we look back on that first tour and, like, all that weird shit, like, that that happens. I mean, and now, you know, all is good. Like, it's no big deal. But back then, it just seemed like the end of the world. 
you know, first tour, like playing in front of like one of the biggest metal A&Rs in this industry and playing to him alone, just one guy, you know, like it's just the most embarrassing thing ever. So people, <laughs> you know, it gets better because <laughs> I was. There's more though. That was horrible. <laughs> There's more? What's that? That I mean, you know, it, like I said, it was we played a good show. It was a good show. Monty is, is my dude. He's a good buddy of mine, and like obviously nothing faltered, but it was still uh, y- y'all probably so geek out still about come that. a long way. Like when I, when I, oh yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it, we more so just crack <laughs> up because it's just like I can't believe that happened. Like I can't believe. First of all, right. <laughs> why did we invite him to that show? Like, why because we're told we just, your like, dad bought you the van a few days ago. <laughs> I know. We were like, dude, you know, we're playing up there. You know, you should come out. And he's like, all right, you know. And it was like Fourth of July weekend. So, can you tell me? uh, Well, besides that, maybe uh, I want to hear like one more. Like, I want to hear like one of the craziest tour stories you got, dude. People ask that all the time, and we are. I we are such a boring band. I'm so boring. Hey, you know. We, we drive, we play shows, and literally, we go to bed. Like, <laughs> we are like the most, like, most people are like, I'll tell some party stories, or you got anything crazy that's happening. And I'm like, honestly, we play and, and then go to sleep. Like, we're so boring. <laughs> okay, what's like, the craziest thing? No that one would want to hang out with us. <laughs> um, craziest thing we've seen on tour. Motherfucker, it's crazy out here, as always. I don't even well, know. Like, I know, but you like it's when people that is yeah. one question that I never can answer because I'm like, I just I have no idea. Like, we go on tour and it's like maybe because we don't go out well, much, we don't right, see right, many gotcha, crazy gotcha. things. Like, well, maybe that's I'll, why I'll ask, I'll ask then, but uh, to modify <laughs> both of those questions, what maybe not your favorite, but maybe what are a, a couple of your favorite tours that you've been on? Like, uh, I know you had a lot of good tours uh, over the past year. Uh, what are what are some of your like most fun times that you've had on tour, or, or like most memorable, you know, tours in general? Um, I would say my favorite tour probably to date has been uh, <clears throat> us and the Butcher Babies and uh, Hiro the Hero, and it be and I say that because uh, everyone was just so. All the bands on that tour killed it every night. Like all three, all three of us killed it every night. The crowds are great, and uh, everyone was so sweet. Like it is awesome to go out with a headliner mm-hmm. that just treats you really well and treats like your support bands really well. And the Butcher Babies were literally the sweetest, most accommodating. Like if they saw anybody having trouble with their gear or like anything, they would come out. You know their techs. Like now their tech, I have him do all of my stuff in in LA. Like when my something's wrong with my amp or I need my guitar set up or anything before I leave I have him do it but they're like on tour they were so sweet and so accommodating they would invite us on their bus like after a show which I think we went (laughs) once because we're so boring and we go to bed and it sucks but like we you know we go hang out with them they're just it makes touring so easy when the headlining band is just awesome to you you know especially like if if you're professional you deserve it like they were they were just so sweet and so that's why I would say Probably that one. That one was the most fun. Like Hyro, 
I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he like he's like um kind of like like Rage Against the Machine. He's a rapper, but he has a band and he just played Aftershock and all this stuff. And he's the oh, best yeah. at just getting the crowd so hyped. Like he can play first and the crowd just goes insane and he gets them ready to go for the night. So like that's how it was on that tour. And it was just fun. It was just all around a really comfortable and fun. That's fucking tour awesome, man. To be on. So Yeah. Yeah. Let's say let's say that one was it. Uh we just got off the road with Adelita's Way, which there was I've like heard a, of that band, yeah. Like an active rock band. So it was like Yeah, it's very it was very different because like they are active rock band. We were a little nervous, but the crowds really dug it. Crowds were also really good. We played a couple uh radio station shows at like two of the biggest venues we've played um that were packed. So it, those were that was a good one too. Devil Driver was great too. I mean, like the the last few tours we've been on, so I have really a good, but I Butcher guess Babies, a, I think, a fun question. If you could have your ideal tour, you and three other bands, who would they be? Um, okay. Tetrock headlining, of course. And no, then I'm just kidding, and you know, I'm about to say bands are like really big. all little. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, uh, thank you, Corn, for like you know, doing all right. And then now, now it's the real deal. Don't worry about it. And then you're gonna have you're gonna have Metallica open the whole show yeah. and play like five songs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it would be, I would say, in no particular order, because you know, hopefully we headline one day. Uh, no particular order, I'd say, a corn like corn. Us. Um, this would be an expensive package. Corn, us, Slipknot, and uh, you know, someone obviously Metallica's there, but I don't include them in anything. Right, right. Like they're kind of <laughs> on another stratosphere, and like I right. like to, I like to keep it fun, you know. Uh, <laughs> so us, Slipknot, Corn, and like oh, if shit. I can throw in like yeah. a Jira or one. something That's like that, I would. <laughs> That would Shit, be I'd, every I'd night. I'd be, be there every like night. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you need a merch person? And it's great, you know? Right. Like, you know what, like, though? Just Packers, you should have Limp Biscuit open that whole thing. <laughs> right, though. They're doing that new album. Let's get it. Dude, I love Limp Biscuit though. I know. I, lo- I love... Me and Josh were actually just inside watching him play at... Uh, I love that video. Woodstock Yo, in, like, 99 or something. You, it was crazy. Did you hear that... Uh, I know. <laughs> Ollie Sykes and I forgot who else in that in Bring Me the Horizon. They wrote that song, that song that's theirs. Ended up, turn that it was supposed to be from a business, they, they but it ended up being theirs. They went studio, like, uh, trying to, like, help Limbiscuit write their next record or whatever. And, you know, some... I guess there was creative differences or whatever, and... Uh, you know, then, like you said, they just use it. They changed it from the Limbiscuit sound to uh, what they were doing. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. You, you, you bring me the horizon. You just, you just do all you want because, okay. <laughs> so, no, don't worry no. about ghostwriting. <laughs> Fuck Fred Durst, god damn it. Oh yeah. Yeah, what a dick. I line. know he didn't. He didn't show up. He said, <laughs> "I love Fred Durst." Oh, <laughs> it's such a bummer too because I heard someone told me that. Uh, like I have a friend that's a server, and they said he he used to come in their restaurant all the time, and he, he, he's he didn't well. And I was like, oh, fucking Roland's not selling no more. <laughs> You're my bad, Fred Durst. I still want <laughs> you. I want to know, Fred Durst, if you hear this, did you fuck Christina Aguilera or no? Because I, 
Oh, 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 Everyone thinks they know. Christina Aguilera in the dirty days. Yo, Christina Aguilera right now can still. Hello, mother. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> she still look good. She's she like, still I don't care. Mean, I'm yeah. Whatever. All day, every fucking day. <laughs> well, that's a cool tour because I would, I would come. Uh, I fucking love those <laughs> bands. Um, new metal, man. I grew up on that. I, yeah, I, my favorite new metal band. Oh yeah, well, I love it. Still corn. Uh, Cornland Biscuit for sure, but not many, many people talk about Edema, and I fucking loved Edema. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Edema too, man. Yup, yup. Uh, oh I think I heard, God, I I heard have, like, one song by them, to be honest. Well, that's the only good one. Like, uh, exactly. <laughs> as, as soon, well, so uh, the singer from Edema is the half-brother of Jonathan Davis yep. from Corn. Yeah, yeah, so... And yeah, that's right. The album that he's on that. is so yeah. good. Like the way you like it, uh, giving in. That was my fucking shit. Like I was just like, as soon as that came on, like I didn't know how to burn CDs yet, and I was like, "Hey, uh, this dude, this dude." Well, it was fucking middle school. I didn't know. Like, fuck off, <laughs> dude. Burning CDs. I used to burn. Like I used to like uh, record. You know, VHSs yeah. of like all the headbangers' balls. And I would like take my in my VHS player, and I would record them and rewatch them over and over again. Dude, those days are so I gone. I remember but like, even fucking uh, like good I had one of those like just handheld recorders, uh, and I would wait for a song to play on the radio that I really hear, and I, I like I put it next to the speaker <laughs> just so I can record it and hear it whenever I fucking wanted. I was like that. that Damn, that's that nigga shit. Hell that's yeah. one way to do it. Like that. That's how I had to do it. I was just like, all right, well, I can't hear the, I can't listen to the radio all the time. So let me just get this like, all right. And then now welcome this song, blah, 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 blah. And I get the fucking radio announcer over the first like 30 seconds of the song. Like, introduce it, then play it. Leave me alone. Times were hard back then, man. I feel it though. <laughs> Your boy used to make his own fucking radio show. Specifically for my dad, though, I'd record myself well, and record all my songs I liked, and like give him, give my dad a little cassette. And I was like, I made up my own station. I had my own digits. I had my own fucking OTS, which is my initials. I had the whole shebang. Fucking your, wow! Huh? You were ahead of the game. What's your middle name? OTS. Uh, Timothy, bro. <laughs> Timothy, damn. That's I never knew that. Well, now you do. Now I do. <laughs> Pretty what are you good. jamming to nowadays, Diamond? <laughs> uh, what do I listen to? My my, I listen to things in way in cycles. Like I'll listen to bands and I'll move on, then I'll go back. I'm like very much like, um, as far as new bands, uh, I like Dead. The band I, dead I got to check the uh, cool. Yeah, I got. They're friends of mine. Yeah, they're they're super cool and they're they've gotten they're just beast live now. They're so good. Um. So them, what else have I been listening to a lot of lately? I tried to get into the new Disturbed, um, well, but it definitely was not much. It's really different. It's because and he took out the he took out the piercing. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh-huh. It's a little softer than I had hoped. So there's a couple songs in there that I listen to, but for the most part, um, not necessarily the whole record. What else have I been jamming lately? I feel like I've been jamming. What was I jamming in the car? 
today. Man, I don't know. I guess like as far as new bands, Dead is pretty much like the main new band. And then I kind of cycle back, you know, Jam a lot corn. I've been on like this really big Slipknot kick lately again, which is like I said, it comes in waves. Like I won't listen to them for like a a year, and then like I'll be like, like, dude, I love this band. Like, so I'm in the, uh, I love like this that band. People equal shit. Right now. Oh, I know. Oh, of I course, know. we actually Don't covered that song. I brought that up. It is so fucking good. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, I, I need to peep that. Hell yeah. It it was really good. That's song. why I brought it up. I I uh, uh, I was peeping that a little bit before the podcast. I was like. Oh shit! That's All right, nasty. <laughs> yeah, we covered. I wish we could cover it now with Ruben, our our drummer now. But like, it was a. Uh, we did that a few years back with Al at Audio Hammer, and it. I love that song. I love that record. I was just such a, oh, a yeah. freaking phenomenal metal record, and it was like I loved it that record because it got so much mainstream it, success, it but it's still so heavy, and like. Yeah, that if, is if that's I, just like the like, dream right so, there. So, like, do so you definitely... watch the show Metalocalypse at all? You know, I think you're the <laughs> seventeen thousand person that asked me that. This is like the seventeen thousand <laughs> okay, well, time I've said no, which is so sad. It doesn't have probably... anything to do with my uh, <laughs> my point. Like, I can still do my point anyway. But I've always like wanted to know, like, what band that I would equate like the amount of success and like amount of like that sort of like feel. And I feel like Slipknot is probably, probably most related to that band as far as like super, superstar success. And I mean, maybe some people will call Metallica that, but I still think that Slipknot is more along the lines of Metalocalypse. Um, but I know you haven't seen it. You should definitely watch it. It, it I've seen like I I will say I've seen like little clip like little snippets of it, but I've never sat down. And if I have, it was like in high school, and I don't remember. Yeah, I've never sat down. I don't know what it's like about. <laughs> man, you guys. Oh, yeah. I just well, know it's yeah, about a I mean, band. Man, y'all are y'all are missing. But... <laughs> Joe, Joe was like, that was like a us. sigh of disappointment. Man, He's like, oh. I'm just gonna like <laughs> I know. go back to my emo days now. <laughs> 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 but yeah no i mean yeah it's it's a fun show and the like i actually have one of the albums it's actually really good music too but uh yeah all, all the same uh yeah i have one more so, fun uh, question though because i really you know since we're talking about favorites and stuff i want all everyone's opinion like your top three in your opinion best metal vocalist of yeah. all time so, does this include like someone who's the got best voice or it all, whole like frontman, vocals, you know, oh, the whole good. nine? Whole like they, they're all. Ooh, it's hard to two, solidify that into a top. Yeah, to go ahead and think about it for a second, you know, because uh, I'll tell you my number one, Corey Taylor, all day. Oh yeah, I mean he's on untu- him. Yo, I think he's Randy so good live too. God's he's untouchable. Awesome. Uh. Yeah, he's great. James Hetfield, of course. Um, who else? It's just like I always think on like astronomical levels, though. So like, forgive me. Like, you won't hear that. There's some great frontmen too that are. I mean, a if, lot smaller. If if, if they're <laughs> like worth I'm mentioning, always, like, you know, way up I'm in trying the stars. to give some props out there to my niggas out there. Show some love. Let me see. Um, I think that 
on a small level, I think Whit from Kane Hill is doing a really good job. Yeah, I think yeah, my front man is fucking awesome too. Uh, Humber does sound um, great. <laughs> Um, he's doing. He's doing well. Back in his glory days, um, John Davis was that nigga. <laughs> no, let me say this about Jonathan Davis. He, like I said, Corn is my second all-time favorite band in the world. I love that band, and Jonathan Davis just like wait, 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 she wants like, like I love that. Jonathan wait, wait. Davis so much. <laughs> do, 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 wait, wait, don't you mean J Devil? <laughs> J Devil. <laughs> JD. Um, uh, I love him. The only thing about Jonathan Davis. Actually, he's freaking perfect. He doesn't talk a lot, like on stage. Like it's very, but like yeah. it's just because Corn can play. He doesn't have the stage banter. He doesn't really have to much. say anything. He doesn't do a lot of stage banter. So, like when yeah, I think yeah. of like frontman, I think of like Corey Taylor and stuff. But when I think of just like singers of a band that are like, um, like obviously, Jonathan Davis is well, just like let naturally. Me, let me in ask my top, you real quick though. You know? Did you see? And maybe this is controversial or whatever, but. Uh, did you watch his uh, cover for? Uh, You're gonna bring this up. I knew it. Well, as soon as I thought about it, uh, the Chester Bennington Memorial. Did you bad. did you hear him doing that? I think did, it was one. What song closer. did he? What did he do? Yeah, he did do one. Closer. I think I watched it. I was on watching YouTube it live, and I was just, he, not live there, but like I was watching a live stream. Yeah. Well, I mean, but to the same to the same effect, like he has well here's he has the, thing. the voice for corn. He doesn't have for yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He has such a unique voice that like he's not just your typical metal singer that sounds like everybody yeah. that can go on stage and do any band song and it just and it but it's not because he's bad, it's just because John Davis has a very unique voice and if it, it suits corn and like his own stuff very well. But he doesn't sing yeah. like Phil Anselmo, or he doesn't sing like Corey Taylor, so it's it's not gonna sound. I, th- I think it was just like like cool, that, like you know, super awesome that he was there to pay tribute. I think I think that was like the big the big part that was like cool cool to me. But like, yeah, I I don't think it was meant to be like, hey, I'm trying to sound like him. Like, hey, I'm gonna do how I sound like. Yeah, that's cool. That it's cool. R.I.P. But Chester Bennington yeah, was on top of exactly. my list as well. My man was sick. He's great. Yeah, him, him and he was I respect. Oh yeah, and I saw Lincoln Park like probably six times live in like a year and a half span when I did was you, in Atlanta. Did you ever like, go to that uh, Project Revolution like, tour? Yeah, I did. That's oh, where I found shit, Corn pro- for you, the first you time. You probably actually. went to the same lineup that I did. Uh, yes, with the you was it Snoop Dogg, Jake? Hell yeah. Yep, I, I went and I had actually, I had heard of Corn and I had heard, I was like 14, I think, and I had heard Freak on a Leash, obviously, I'd seen the video on like MTV and all that, but like, I wasn't a Corn fan, and I remember yeah, they blew me away so much, that show, it was like maybe the tour before they lost head, that I ended up buying Corn merch that night, I ended up, like, they became my favorite band from that day on. And Lincoln Park was great too, but I just remember that's where I yeah that that fucking show was. Uh, I I knew all the bands uh, except for Less Than Jake, and I bought I mean I bought a Less Than Jake album yeah. that day because I, I never heard of them and I was like, holy shit I like this like I, I'm not typically into that like ska sort of thing but I I fucking loved it and I bought that album and I was jamming all the time. I was a hundred percent there for. Yeah, Corn, Lincoln Park, and the Use because the Use is my favorite band. But 
what a weird fucking dynamic. Like, yeah. a ska band, like, uh, like Les it, and Jake. But and I think then, they did that on purpose. Uh, the you know? use comes on, like, some scream band. Like, I was super stoked, like, super pumped. But nobody else really was, like, for the for those first two bands. And then Snoop Dogg <laughs> comes, comes around. And then all of a sudden, I just smell skunk <laughs> everywhere. Like, everywhere. Everybody's, like, speed, like, lighting up the whole time. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, man, this is a very weird... Uh, dynamic and then you know corn comes on lincoln park just kills the show and that was a great ass that was a great ass oh, yeah. i wasn't there. fucking there and i wish i was god this sounds fucking awesome oh yeah i saw them on that i saw them with uh <laughs> pod oh, and story of the year damn on that tour I saw the man. I, yeah, it's crazy. I saw I saw Linkin Park so many times when I was thirteen and fourteen years old. What about old. you, Joe? Uh, they were great. You know, One of my favorite, favorite singers or uh, frontmen. Uh, well, you already know my first answer, Bert McCracken from the Used. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would I would probably have to say Ollie Davis from Bring Me the Horizon as well. Or not not Ollie Davis. Ollie Sykes. Yeah, I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I, mean, I was like, who is Ollie Davis? That's a new one. Talk. That's where that, that came from. <laughs> Ollie Sykes. <laughs> I know you're laughing. Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon. Uh, Ollie yeah, Sykes he, is my dude. I, I fucks with him a yeah, lot. Yeah, he, he does really well. And then, shit, the third one, like I said, is really tough. Uh, honestly, um, well, I guess I would like do it a two, do it as a two-way tie uh between Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge like when they were doing their shit cuz they fucking they oh, were, yeah. I mean not necessarily like greatest vocalist but they knew how to put on a great ass show and their in between stage banter was perfect like they like really dug into the whole like you know you know we have we have some some sad songs some good songs or whatever but like this is our personality and we're going to give you a taste of that during every single show and i thought that was always something i really respected and i really like admired about a band i was like it doesn't matter what you're singing about just you know it's cool that you're showing you know your true self like in between songs and having fun with the crowd interacting I, that was really cool Oh yeah, and you said you saying uh, Blink actually makes me think like, like Josh, my band, when his all-time favorite band next to Metallica is uh, Green Day, and I think that Billy Joe is like a really good. Even if you're not a Green Day fan, I think he's a super good front man. He definitely yeah. puts on a show every show. It sucks he left and, the uh, fucking band. Yeah, I think he's super good. Huh? He didn't. What the fuck was that? He was I deceived? Was that fake news? Wait, I heard the, I heard the same deceived. thing Orion did. I he <laughs> was did. that fake news? This was like a couple months ago. When? Well, not not that long ago. Like, well, a couple meaning maybe two months yeah, yeah, ago. Two but months. look it up. Look it up. I swear. No, there's no way. I swear on my life, on my I'm grandmother's grave, yo, my man's out. I bet. I bet he is not hours. out. There's no way. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see I, anything. I swear, I thought I saw that. I, it says, it says breakup rumors. They didn't break rumors. up. Let's see. Billy Joe That's did. in April. But I saw Green Day. Let's see. Because I saw that shit too, Orion. Uh, like, yeah. I, like that, that didn't seem far-fetched to me. Billy Joe leaves Green Day. 
But he said, "Let's see, let's wrong if we're breaking." He said the answer is no. He's playing. He's just pl- he's just playing with some friends. He's pl- no, he's playing with some friends right now, and like everyone thought that he was saying he was breaking up with Green Day, but he said like everyone's see. fucking whining and he's not breaking. Well, up that's with Green good Day. news then, because like I was kind of shook that day. So thanks for enlightening my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you shit, know, I was, shit, I was, I was, he is Green Day. Come I, I believe the fuck when I seen that shit. Yeah. All right, so, so now you got a Venmo Diamond <laughs> nah. and five bucks. <laughs> yeah, you owe me five dollars. What? What? I'll keep, I'll keep jamming your songs on Spotify and get to the top. <laughs> I'll get He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll add up the five dollars at some point. <laughs> this is like, this is like, you guys are not going to agree at all, but I. <laughs> This is like my low key. I fucks with Jacoby from Papa Roach. He's a bad man. Yo, Jacoby is a mean ass. I love front, Papa man. Roach. I think I would love to tour with Papa Roach. That, that's like up there in like yeah, my Jacoby's top ten. Jacoby's my nigga. I'm trying to hang out with him though. for sure. Yeah, I hear he's super cool. Actually, it's funny. We saw him. So I was at the grocery store, and with Josh, and we were getting out of the car, and I was like. There was some guy parking his car, and I'm like, who is this, like, <laughs> Jacoby wannabe, you know? <laughs> like, I was like, this dude looks just like... So we get in the store, and we see the guy, and I'm like, there he is again. I was like, dude, that dude wants to be in Papa Roach so bad. And Josh is like... he Josh just disappears. So he comes back to me, he goes, Diamond, I did some research because I got his tattoos, and I looked at the tattoos <laughs> on Jacoby, and that is Jacoby. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I was just talking shit about this dude. Like, he wants to be Jacoby so bad. He is Jacoby, like... But it was like right here in North Hollywood. We were at the grocery store with him. It's crazy. I didn't know we did because when Josh finally figured out who he was, he was like checking out in line to leave. You know, you don't want to be like, "Hey, what do you you want?" But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's like, "What you cooking for dinner, man?" You're you're not living in Georgia anymore. No, no, we moved to LA about three years ago. We're at in LA. Uh, we I live used in North to Hollywood. live on uh, shit. Now I forgot. Uh, Fountain <laughs> Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, Hollywood? like two nice. streets down was Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, and then uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly where you're at. That's really cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we don't have a. When people ask where our hometown is, we're like, uh, we're from Atlanta, but we live in LA. Like that's the question, you know. Now we don't really have like a home. We do, but we don't. Oh, we no, have like two home I, bases, I, I guess. I don't know. Because uh, uh, for the most yeah. part, we would we would always say that we were like from Baltimore or whatever. But then at, at one point, like literally at one point in my band, I was living in Los Angeles. Two people were living in Pennsylvania, and two people people were living in Maryland. And we're just like we're just we're just from around. Don't worry about it. We're from USA. <laughs> we could it's it's crazy because like until we're like on tour nine months out of the year which is hopefully by next year or the year after probably by next year like we can never live in different we practice so much like we we practice six days a week and like so it's like it would be so impossible for us to live so far apart (laughs) so it's like me and josh live in north hollywood our bass player lives in burbank which is like you know, 10 minutes away. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then our drummer lives in Hollywood. So it's like we all practice in North Hollywood at like a practice space. But 
it would be I could not do it if like we were if we were damn, all so y'all must be I don't know how extra tight life. God damn. Man, I can't I I like I said, I'm one of those people I'm such a like if you meet me you'd be like, Diamond doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anything. But like when it comes to Tetrarch, I'm like so uptight I and I'm such a perfectionist about everything all the time. So like for, Practicing is very like if it's something in our control, like a live show. It's like that's in your control to make good. For, like, for, like, to try to be the best at it, you know that we can. And we're so competitive. It's like going out on these tours. Like even with our friends, you know, it's like you, you want to go out on that tour and you want the crowd to be like, "Dude, Tetrarch fucking ripped." Even if we're playing with, you know, a huge band, you know, you want people to leave and be like, "Man, Tetrarch ripped though." You know, we're one of my favorite bands of the night. And that's kind of oh, yeah. what we always shoot for. It's like a competition for us, you know. And I'm like, yeah. not in a negative for, way. It helps us for, uh, better. For our listeners, but, uh, how, like, yeah. how would you describe how you practice? Like, how do you, how do you like, smooth out those edges? Like, what wh- what is something that, what's like a typical practice day for you guys? It depends. Like, if we're getting ready for a tour or something, uh, it's definitely running through the set multiple multiple times like word for word <laughs> you know multiple times um going through the songs fine-tuning the songs and everything um but i'm very picky in the sense that like and honestly it sounds really stupid but i feel like i was given this really weird gift of like i hear when everything is wrong like i'm one of those people where it's like if we're playing a song little things that somebody may not notice i notice and it irks me until it's fixed and so like it could be like yep. a kick drum in the wrong spot or just anything like that. And I'm just like, uh, and I remember feeling like so crappy, but I'm like, man, I hate that. I'm, I'm like that. But like, I was watching an interview with like Gojira or something. And Joe was talking about how they were like, how do you guys get so tight? And he's like, there's practices where we'll play the same riff and the same part over and over again for three hours. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I'm not the only one. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, but it but when you get on stage, it's second nature and it shows. And like when you've practiced it so much, you don't have to think about it, and it's still fine tuned, you know. And I, I feel so much better going out on the road and knowing that everything in our control is where it needs to be. You know, obviously shit's gonna happen. You know, something's gonna mess up from time to time. We're gonna have technical difficulties, but like everything in our control is solid. We have much better yeah, chances so, of like achieving. So what let we me want, ask you, know? you something real quick. Uh, I've always had with with the band bands I've been associated with. This has always been my main like, not necessarily motto, but my my main like mindset, where I was like, I want your skill level to be better than the songs you're performing live, because when you're performing those songs live, I want you to be able to execute that flawlessly. But I still want to know that you can do that better. Uh, or yeah. like not that better, but I I want to know that like like your your craft is elevated beyond that. Am am I far off about that? That's a good. No, no, it, and it, I know a lot of younger bands too. Uh, they'll go in the studio with these great producers and songwriters, and they'll write these really these banger of songs, and then when they get live, like it's like a little above their skill level to play them together. Cause like they, you know, it, they had so much help and it's like, I, uh, I think that shows, you know, to some capacity 
you know, you can't be as solid as you could if you just like really honed right. your skill as a player. And like, I'm not the mo- I definitely am not the most technical player out there. You know, there's like some guys out there now that I'm like, holy cow, like where did this person come from? But you know, I do know that I can hold my own and that I can play super well, and especially in Tetrarch. Like, there's nothing in Tetrarch that you can get by me as far as playing. And that's what's important to me. Um, and, like, we're not, we're, like, not a heavily track, like, a track-oriented band. Like, we don't really use tracks. Like, we use tracks on two songs, but it's just, like, uh, like percussion or, like, shakers or something, you know? It's, it's not, like, a guitar or anything like that. So it's, like, we play ev- everything, so we kind of have to make sure, you know, we're solid. Um, and that's important to me, you know. I, I don't know, like, I, I guess some people look at it like, dude, the kids don't care. If your song sounds decent, like, they're going to go crazy. Nah, and, you I know, even know. If I'm seeing band, I've seen so many bands but I, think, I know this band, I know the song. I mean, these are, like, middle card bands. I see them, and these niggas looking like they're in a cover band playing their shit. I'm like... Damn, that nigga just fucked up there, fucked up there. Like, it doesn't look like he, like, <laughs> knows it that well. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got nigga shit. Oh, yeah, my parents, like, my mom and my dad and stuff, it's like, they used to hone it in us all the time. It was like, people like Michael Jackson and Prince and all these guys did not get good just because they were born good. They were born with talent, but they practiced their asses off every day, like, where they t- use practice, they were really strict about practice. It, you know, they jammed, they had a good time, but they was like really serious, and that's kind of how we look at it too. It's like this is where we come together and perfect everything, so we can go out there and have fun, and and look good doing it and sound good doing it. You know, so practice is like I think that's one thing that like is overlooked a lot by bands, but it's really important. That's like a super important yeah, if you're playing thing. Shows, you man, like, that's kind of so. number one. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah, and no, sometimes like it offends me. I'm like, you know, like my my parents were the type that like if we sucked or something sounds like it sucks, they say it like that uh-huh. sucks, you know. <laughs> but like I feel like there's so many bands that go out there and I'm like like I I really appreciate like you guys going out and having fun. It takes a lot to get up and play in front of people, so like I get that, but like maybe we should have practiced a little more, you know. <laughs> you know, like I just try to I I just wish everyone knew like how much better you can be. Yeah, they should now. They've heard so much, and I'm glad that you have all this knowledge, and it's cool that we could, you know, bounce all these topics. And I, and I, I guarantee our listeners are going to get a lot from this podcast. Well, well, I hope so. I, I try to. I hope I, I try not to take like the I hate it because sometimes I'm like man I sound like a like I'm taking the fun out of everything. Yeah, like, that's you, definitely you not what I'm trying, the fun trying to into do. The whole you know? podcast, you've been a great fucking guest for sure. No, real quick though. Thank you guys. Uh, Thank you for what, having what me. What guitar are you? Or what like guitars and like what do you what are you jamming? Because uh, you have a really great tone, and I, I love hearing what you have. Yeah. No, I play. Uh, I'm, you know, we're endorsed by ESP, so I play ESPs, uh, all Eclipses pretty much, because I like, I like the Les Paul shapes. I think they look best on me, so I play all Les Paul, like, like the, the, I know, the, the Everton for two, and then uh, just regular for two. Um, I was, for a very long time, I was yeah. like a Mesa girl, and uh, now 
Uh, EBH was very kind and came along and supported us, hooked us up with some great gear. EBH is massive. EBH is now. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Sound awesome. Um, and they they're like super sweet over there and they treat us really, really good. So that's that's been great. Um yeah, we're pretty much like a amp guitar band. We don't have like a ton of effects. We have a little bit that you can hear like I use on freak and stuff like that, but nothing too complicated. We're very like amp tone driven band, high gain. Give them that dirt. Yep, that's it. I feel that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up real quick, though. But before we do, let us know where we can find you and your band. You can find us anywhere: YouTube, uh, TetrarchMusic.com. Um, YouTube is uh, Tetrarch Live, I think, and then Facebook, Tetrarch Music. Um, Every, everywhere, anywhere you look, you should be able to find Spotify. You know, Fuck yeah, Ted Get those, get those jams. Hell yeah, you, because I promise you, listeners, you will not be disappointed. It is very awesome. I listen to them and I'm like, man, I I miss my new metal roots. Why are, why are there not more new metal fans in this in this world right now? I, I we need the resurgence, but. <laughs> And yeah, also, it's, it's all right. We got you, you guys. Get signed, hit up Diamond for the dude from Slipknot's phone number, and she got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, well, let, let's fucking uh, wrap this shit up, though. So we have been inside the unsigned. My name is Joe Deke, and I'm OG. And this has been Diamond. Thank you so much for being Thank a part of the podcast. Thank you for having fun with us. All right. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Peace. Peace. All right. Peace.